Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment podcast. Kate is giggling already. (laughs) My name is Mark Alifans, and as usual, I am here with my most excellent co-host, Kate Bischoff. (laughs) But before I check in with Kate, before I check in with Kate, I have something to say today. As we... No, no, no. English today. (laughs) English today is very important. As we record this episode, in just a few short hours... My soccer team, the Portland Timbers, <laughs> bringers of light, purveyors of hope, a group that truly enhances the beautiful part of the beautiful game, shall be playing the unctuous, malevolent, and tiresome Minnesota United. <laughs> in the playoffs. A team so, in the playoffs. A team so boring they couldn't <laughs> even they could not even come up with a real name. Choosing the instead. They're not the, it's Minnesota United choosing instead to evoke thoughts of one of the worst domestic airlines in existence, which doesn't (laughs) even have a hub in their city. By the time this, what? What What is the airline? United, Minnesota United. Oh yes. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't think about that because well, it's all I think of when I, yeah, fair, 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 fair. Uh, not fair. They're United. Uh, true. (laughs) By the time this episode airs, the game will long be over, but win or lose today, Kate is my enemy. And as us lawyers like to say today, I shall be treating her as a hostile witness. So Kate, how are you? What's going on? All things considered, I mean, the general state of the world still sucks, but I myself am pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Managing in the same environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think, you, go ahead. You could say that's fair to partly cloudy or that it's really stormy, depending on what news you looked at. But, you know, the news in general sucks pretty bad. But Pretty rough. My, yeah, my kids are good. Everything else is good. So... But should we talk about what is causing everyone heartburn? Um, yeah, there's lots of things, but sure. I, I assume you're talking about vaccinations. Yeah, not, not the vaccinations, vaccinations themselves per se, but you know. Right, the vax mandates are what are causing people uh, some major heartburn, and I, I don't know. You know, maybe it's because I spend so much time in this. It's practically the only thing I'm talking about with clients these days, but. The idea that there are three separate rules seems to be lost on a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the, the fact of those three different rules um, has a really big impact on you as an employer if you're subject to possibly subject to more than one of them. So, you know, when we hear that the Sixth Circuit is going to hear whether or not to enjoin the OSHA ETS rule, if you're still a federal contractor, that means nothing to you. If you're receiving Medicare and Medicaid funds, that means nothing to you. But your folks are hearing it that way. And so they're asking you questions about why would you enforce this? Because this one, like, but that's not our but rule. They're, they're different, different rules. Yeah. 
there are different rules. And, you know, if we're subject to a federal contractor or CMS, you know, if we give someone a reasonable accommodation for whatever reason, does that mean that we should test them or should they just mask and social distance? And my response to that is, well, the federal government has declared what its favorite to reasonable accommodation is, and that is testing. So that's what I would go with. But yeah, it's just, it's all a conundrum for folks. And I understand why it can be really difficult, but we're, this is where reality is. And in four, six months, it's going to be, everybody's got to be vaxxed anyway, because we'll have a final rule from OSHA at that point in time. So get on board, people. This is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't claim that it's all I'm doing right now. I actually have a lot of other client crises right now uh, that have nothing to do with vaccines or vaccine mandates, which must sound very refreshing to you. But this is a yes. question we're getting a lot. Uh, and there's a lot of moving pieces. And it's very confusing for employers. Uh, I If I can, I would very much like to recommend uh, a certain, even though she's the enemy, Kate Bischoff's uh, <laughs> webinar uh, on, on vaccination and vaccine mandates on her website, k8bish.com. Uh, I watched, I only got through about half of it before I actually had a, a client emergency, but I'm going to go back and keep watching it. Uh, and I found it uh, to be excellent. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, it's been watched by way more people than I expected it to, um, but hopefully it will be meaningful. And seriously, folks, if the message you take from today's podcast is this, this is coming whether you like it or not figure out a plan to make sure that you're going to be ready for it when it is truly here. Yeah. So. Because a lot of employers are hearing that it, 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 you know, the rule is, is being challenged in the courts and it's, it, yeah, I, I, I think the ultimate long run answer here is that that, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and, and even if the ETS gets struck down and enjoined, yeah. even if it gets all the way to the Supreme court, there's, there's no question that OSHA has the authority to put a permanent rule in place about this. So if it's struck down by the Supreme Court, that doesn't stop OSHA from putting in to a rule of permanent peace. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right. Well, so uh, with that, um, <laughs> we're going to move us away from vaccines, I think, for the rest of this today, <laughs> which actually I'm guessing a lot of our listenership might be really cool with. Uh, yes. So I have uh, an interesting story here. Kate's going to have uh, one more story, and then I'm going to wrap up with uh, two more lighthearted pieces. <laughs> okay. So, Kate, are you uh, are you a, a theater person? Are you do you like Broadway shows and theater and musicals and all that? I I do. I did a lot of theater in high school, um, community and high school theater. So yeah, I do like theater. Yes. I well, can't re not, I can't sing all the words to Hamilton or every other musical like some of our friends can, but uh, I do like it. Fair, no, and I, I think that's actually something I didn't know about you, and uh, I am too. <laughs> uh, I was never on the stage side; I was always on the tech side. I did light design and sound oh. design for theater all through high school and college. But so I follow quite a bit of Broadway news, and there's an interesting case that's come out um, on Broadway, and I'm curious for your take on this. So. Okay. Broadway actor, a uh, guy named Chad Kimball. He is an original cast member of the musical Come From Away. I don't know if you've heard that. Uh, it's not my favorite. Uh, I've only heard it once, but it is, 
you know, but support, I'd support all musicals. And anytime I go to uh, New York, I try to get away for a show. So uh, he has filed a lawsuit that the production, which is now reopening, failed to rehire him in his role of Kevin T for alleging and sorry. And he's alleging that it's based wholly or partly upon his religious faith. Ooh, okay. What's his religious faith and what evidence does he have to support that? Yeah. Let's talk about that. So he's a Tony nominated actor. He was uh, nominated for his role just to give a little background in Broadway's uh, Memphis back in 2010. He describes himself as a devout and practicing Christian and suggests that he was uh, not rehired for the Broadway production. I should say this is from a Deadline article I'm pulling this from by Greg Evans. Give uh, (laughs) credit where credit uh, is absolutely due. Um, Suggests he was not rehired for either the Broadway production or its live capture for uh, Apple TV Plus special because of his outspoken beliefs that made producers uncomfortable. His beliefs became well-known to the public last November when uh, Kimball, who was actually uh, amongst Broadway's first wave of theater workers to actually get COVID in March 2020, <gasps> spoke out against Washington State's newly enacted COVID protocols and capacity limits for indoor religious services. So the state had prohibited congregation singing and required that all congregation members and attendees must wear facial coverings. Kimball, who's a Seattle native and had moved back there during COVID, uh, uh, during the COVID shutdown, uh, tweeted this out. Respectfully, I will never allow a governor or anyone to stop me from singing, singing in all caps, let alone sing in worship to my God. Folks, absolute power corrupts absolutely. <gasps> This is not about safety. It's about power. I will respectfully disobey (laughs) these unlawful orders. Now, shock, shocker here. This, this was greeted with some significant backlash, uh, uh, in the Broadway community, right? Totally. Because they want to abide by what at the time governor Cuomo and now governor, I can't remember her name. And then, what de Blasio and now Adams are going to say about these kinds of things because they want to be open. Right. Right. So the lawsuit also alleges that he was uh, forced to explain and defend his comments to the producers. And on January, well, of course, right. So stay with me here. (laughs) On January 22nd of this year, 2021, Uh, He alleges that he was told he would not be invited back to the show when it reopened because the production needed to focus on bringing the show back together and ensure people's safety. The Mm -hmm. suit also alleges that one of the show's producers suggested to him that the events at the Capitol, Josh Hawley and the conservative Christian movement were tied together and implied a connection between Mr. Kimball by virtue of his faith to the ideas and actions of the January 6th events at the U.S. Capitol. His suit, yeah, weird, uh, seems like a bit yep. of a stretch to me. Uh, but then here he says something that is less of a stretch to me. Kimball's suit further claims that the actor uh, that the actor uh, spoke to the show's director and directly asked the director if his termination was based upon alleged disagreement with the cast and crew or because of his religious faith, to which the director said, everything. 
oh shit okay <laughs> now again this is uh, this is alleged right it's not yep. it's it, it could be disputed though if it's a factual dispute uh you know but uh, let's say you get to trial let's yep. say it's true cognizable case for religious discrimination what do you think i think so I think so. Motivating factor. If it's one of the factors, if it's motivating, then yeah. What if the director hadn't said everything? What if what if they said it has nothing to do with your religious belief? It has to do with the fact that you are out there suggesting that you should act illegally or contrary to your, to your governor's order uh, and spreading, uh, potentially spreading misinformation or right or not acting in a way that is safe to others. Would that be an acceptable all, reason? All of that would be acceptable reason. In fact, I think I felt my clients fire a bunch of people for that stuff already. Um, and just to back up for a second, didn't we learn very early on in the pandemic that a choir had gotten together and 70 people in that choir got COVID because singing was spreading the droplets faster and further? And that's why there was the closure of congregate singing in Washington state. I mean, I think there it was a science-based reasoning for why it wasn't just arbitrary that we're going to say, you can't sing in church anymore. It was we know that this causes bigger problems. So we're going to say, don't do this. Um, so I I want to start with that. That was a science-based well, thing for him. 100%. And I'm not sure in the end whether that matters or not that it was fully justified at the time as to whether it was appropriate for him to say he's going to defy the governor's order. Uh, but it's a good foundation to have to realize like this was already something that was probably killing people. Yep. 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 Exactly. And he's coming and out with the pro-death point of view. <laughs> uh, yes. No, no. I think one concept that continues to, uh, just like there are three different rules, just like that, it's this concept that I get to say whatever I want to say and not suffer consequences for it is such a myth that needs to be taken down and just beaten by a buster or something because- holy cow, you can't say I'm going to defy government orders and then say, oh, you're not going to hire me? Well, of course not. We have to be very careful if we want to make money, which means if we're going to violate those orders, we can't do that. So sayonara, buddy. But the director's comment does add a fact question here. It, it's an it's issue. Still yeah, it's still but possible I, that he's going to lose. And I'd also be arguing. not going to get summary judgment. Yeah. Right, right. I'd also be arguing that if anybody else had said they were going to defy a governor's order in that sense, in a way that was contrary to public safety, whether they tied their religion to it or not, also would not have been invited back. And then you can say it has nothing to do with his religious belief. It has to do with the fact yep. that that he said he's gonna he's not going to follow a, a, a legally put out order by a governor uh, right. and not follow the law and not act in a way that's safe to others. That's a completely legitimate yep. reason, even if he's saying, well, the only reason I come to that conclusion is because of my religion. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I can say that my religion, you know, means that I have to wear purple socks all the time. Well, if you're putting me in costume and I can't wear my purple socks, well, then guess what? I don't get the job because I require purple socks and this is an anti-purple socks show. It's all about not wearing purple socks. I don't know. It's just weird to me. It, it's really, really funny that you just brought that up in that way because I am half dressed. <laughs> wearing for purple the, socks? Well, no, no, no. I am, in fact, wearing 
my my green <laughs> socks for the game later today that are called church socks, and that's what they say on them. <laughs> Because going to the game is like going to church. It's got a lot of things that happen in a ritualistic kind of way at certain (laughs) times during the game. So we call it church. So I've got my church socks on right now uh, in support of uh, the good versus evil we talked about, you know, 15 minutes earlier. Okay. Well, I am wearing blue and black, and I guess I could wear some powder blue here and really just go all in. I I have some gray on too. You should. You should. Okay, awesome. All right. So, do you want to talk about some blatant racism? Always. I mean, it's what we're here for. <laughs> it's the kind okay. of hostile work environment that we are here to talk about. And and I say that, you know, in a joking <laughs> way. But no, of course, I'm, I don't like it. But yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. So, how much do you know about cricket? Oh, cricket is, is such an interesting sport to me because <laughs> I've played it a little bit. I understand about like wickets and sticky wickets and, 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 you know, um, uh, I know what a googly is. I, I know what a googly is, uh, but I don't actually understand how the game is played. And when I watch it on TV <laughs> and I try to, I try to look at the score and figure out who's winning and they have ends and all these numbers. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, I, no. It's completely inaccessible to me, but I enjoy watching it because it's pretty funny looking. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so I don't understand it. I, I've never understood it. I know that games can go on for hours. Yep. And so that means I'm, I'm not going to be able to pay attention because of the length of the game. This is why I really despise baseball Feel free to come at me, people. I despise baseball. You're uh, wrong. But You're so wrong. <laughs> Again, this is an enemy thing we can take up. It's an enemy but- thing, but it's a legit one. You're wrong. <laughs> um, but there is the sport of cricket, which has had a really rough couple of weeks. Um, and I say rough because it is in the middle of a significant reckoning in the UK in that the British Parliament has held hearings on rampant racism within the sport, and particularly one club, the Yorkshire Club, and there has where the allegation is that racism is institutional within the club. In fact, the former chair of the club said, who is a white man, said it is institutional within the club and within UK cricket itself. Um, one particular player who has retired and moved back to Pakistan because he didn't even want to live in the UK after his career ended, um, said that he will not let his kids learn how to play cricket because of the treatment he had as a player, including things like players telling him he needed to sit next to the toilet. Um, he's from Pakistan, so using the derogatory term for a Pakistani. Um, and this follows a six month investigation to over 40 allegations of racism lodged by um, Mr. Azim Rafiq. I'm sorry, I'll learn how to pronounce his name correctly. Um, But Mr. Rafiq testified before the British Parliament and talked about how this racism led to his him losing his career in cricket and the abuse that he suffered and what the mental toll of that racism was on him. Shortly after, one of the batsmen, Alex Hales, a picture surfaced of him 
when he was trying to play tribute to Tupac Shakur in blackface and additional racist behaviors coming from that. The British government has said it's going to exercise the nuclear option in that it is looking at regulating cricket so that this form of harassment and discrimination can't continue within cricket. So it's been a bad time for cricket. Wow. I mean, you know, there's, there's been so much in soccer around racism over the last, I mean, forever, but, uh, you know, coming to the mm-hmm. fore and really trying, uh, I think in some very overt ways, uh, to, to end it and including the, uh, show racism, the red card, um, yeah. movement. And, uh, it's interesting to hear about it in other sports. It's not surprising really, uh, maybe surprising that the reckoning hasn't happened at least to some extent before this. Uh, but it sounds like it's been in the works that, I mean, what would you, what did you say? An 18 month, 16 month investigation. 16 That's crazy. Months. That's a really one. It's a really long investigation um, in general, because you usually want to do those kinds of investigations as quickly, quickly and efficiently as possible. So a 16 month one is a really long time. At least it would be really, really long if it was in the US, which may be different for what is happening in the UK. But this shows a continuing pattern that sports often reflect society in lots of different ways. Um, we have another owner in the NBA with rampant allegations of uh, racism and abuse that he is looking to be another, uh, is it Alan Sterling, um, who was taken off of the NBA ownership. So the NBA's got stuff. We've got the Washington football team, which continues to be a huge issue. We've got Gruden now suing the Raiders and suing others for what he sees as being the scapegoat in that investigation in the NFL. Then baseball has had a huge history of racism ever since 42 hit the field. Um, And so it's just been a really interesting piece to look at sports as a snapshot of our society as a whole and the institutions that are in it. So this is something that for the UK seems a bit, you know, dramatic that the UK is looking at regulating this. But when they talk about the very soul of cricket at stake because of this behavior, I think that's true for many sports. It's like, what are we going to tolerate as an as a sport? I mean, even just the the Aaron Rodgers $14,000 penalty for not following COVID protocols when someone who doesn't wear a jersey gets uh, billed or jersey is not tucked in um, gets a bill for $15,000. But that person happens to be a black man where Aaron Rodgers is theoretically getting everybody sick with COVID or could be. Um, that seems to be a stupid fine compared to your jersey's not tucked in. Like It, it shows this, a gap so, in values. Yep, Absolutely. So it's very interesting to me that yeah. sports continue to go down this path. Yeah, and I'll be very interested to see in what way and how the government would regulate to, <laughs> to improve things. Like, like I say that in all seriousness, yeah. like that, you know, that they're looking at that as an option is strange to me, uh, just generally, because what are they going to do? I mean, I, maybe it's a hopeful sign. I mean, I like to think that they're going to do something uh, really good. I, I just don't know how effective or what it would be. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if they decide to do that. 
I, I totally agree. The other thing I think is interesting is that particular to cricket, like cricket is wildly popular in India and Pakistan. And so there are a lot of Indian and Pakistani uh, players in the UK. Um, so because they're really talented players, it's just like the NFL, where the NFL has a lot of black players. NBA has a lot of black players. I mean, we still see this despite um, the populations being in the organizations. So fascinating. Okay. Should we move <laughs> on to some lighter fare? Yes, please. All right. We're going to wrap it up. I've got a couple of light stories here, or one story and one one really solid listener submission. Um, so a <laughs> uh, little warning, uh, this, this story, it definitely checks off all of our adult content uh, yes! warning flags. Uh, this is courtesy of listener Jennifer Mills, who sends us all sorts of stuff. Uh, and this is uh, out of an article in Distractify by Joseph Allen from October 26th. So, okay. Imagine it, Kate. TikTok video. There's a normal old Amazon van in the middle of the scene, <laughs> which takes yes. place in Florida, or should I say, Minnesota? <laughs> With air quotes. The camera. Come on, let it stick to Florida. Let's just stick. I to mean, Florida. Florida gets so much shit already, and I'm giving shit to Minnesota so. today. So Deservingly when I close my so. eyes, when I close my eyes, and I I look at this, I replace the palm trees with snow. Uh, the camera <laughs> slowly moves in on the van. Then, the back door of the van opens. We see <laughs> the Amazon driver peek out, and another person. <gasps> Another person emerges, a barefoot blonde woman in a slinky black dress, her phone lodged in one of the dress straps, steps out, and she slinks away with a smile on her face. Now, I Kate mean, I love it. I love it. Make sure if you're going to have it, do the horizontal hula with your Amazon driver, make sure you bring your phone because that's really important. Super important. <laughs> Now, Kate, you talk about the horizontal hula. I don't know what happened in that van. Mm, I do. TikTok users had a field day, and if you'll pardon us going down a little more of an R-rated path here, uh, this is why my packages are always late and sticky, one person wrote. <laughs> late and sticky. <laughs> he was just showing her his package, another said. She unwrapped it for him, that's for sure. Uh, she's got that Prime Plus membership. <laughs> that one's $150 a year, not <laughs> yeah, 99 yeah. And my, my favorite, delivery available in three to four business minutes. <laughs> three to four business minutes. Now that, one, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Now, one last commentator wrote he was on his break, which I thought was an interesting <laughs> comment. Because some users then started expressing, uh, some TikTok users started expressing concern for the driver who could be identified because of how viral this has been seen 10 million times, this TikTok. Oh, I'm sure of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we're worried that the driver could face consequences. Others were saying that Amazon keeps cameras in its delivery vehicles, which means that whatever <laughs> happened in the van may have been caught on camera. It's unclear what's happened, if anything's happened to this driver. 
but I, my trying to tie this back to what we actually do on this <laughs> podcast, let's say Amazon figures out who it was. What and could they him? do? What could they do? And what should they do? Well, they should fire him. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you get to have a break, but you don't get to use the break room or your van to have sexual intercourse with someone. So, yeah, you don't get to have sex at work, period. If it's in your car, if it's in your truck. What What no. if the, the blonde in the black dress had invited him into her apartment and he claimed, you know, that was a break and I was off duty uh, engaging in other activities? Then and I wouldn't care. Then you wouldn't care. I really right? would. Then I wouldn't care. It, it's you're having sex in my van. I'm sorry. I'm letting you go. If you have sex on your break with someone else, okay. It's but you know, make sure it's done in 15 minutes, people. 15 right. minutes. So, so Amazon drivers and other delivery people <laughs> use your client space, <laughs> not not your workspace. Make sure you punch in and out if it's a lunch and break. Mm -hmm. If it's a lunch break, yes. <laughs> Or meal break, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, just don't have sex in the van. I mean, it, it wasn't comfortable for anyone. I mean, does somebody who knows fantasize how, about having I mean, sex about that? Who knows how he decked out the back of that, that van? You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't see in the van. He could have a whole love nest back there. <laughs> he could. You know, the reason why my love bean or whatever huge, you no. Know, beanbag didn't arrive is because he it well damage was packed he, the package was damaged he have he has so. his choice of furniture from the <laughs> warehouse that he could put back there if he wanted to double down on having uh employment <laughs> issues yes no just don't have sex in the van again use a different location yes i i, I guess i don't even care practical advice from a hostile work environment podcast <laughs> even think i care if he was in his uniform at the time as long as he was on a break, that may be part of it uh-huh <laughs> that may be part of uh you know the allure <laughs> oh amazon uh-huh <laughs> deliver your package quickly mm -hmm. three to four minutes <laughs> all right let's oh, move on wonderful let's wonderful. move on to thank our you, jennifer yeah thank you jennifer uh let's move on to our listener story Hi, Mark. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Thank you to both you and Kate for a great podcast. Thank you. Uh, I always <laughs> enjoy your banter, spelled B-A-N-T-R. <laughs> got, well got, well got, got it. Got it. Yes. Fantastic. And especially like hearing uh, my podcast friends discuss my new favorite show, Ted Lasso. I'm reaching out with a few listener stories that you can drop into the show if you feel they're a good fit. And please keep me anonymous, which we always do unless you tell us otherwise. Okay. Mm -hmm. I used to conduct travel and conduct interviewer training for hiring managers. As an icebreaker, we asked trainees to share the wildest, silliest, funniest thing they ever heard during <laughs> an interview. Here are a few of my favorites. The candidate, first one, the candidate was in an interview doing rather well, according to the hiring manager. The fire alarm went off during the interview. The manager helped the candidate get to safety and went around double-checking that their team was also safe. Once, all, once the all-clear came, the hiring manager found the candidate and went back to the interview room to finish up. 
At the end of the interview, the hiring manager was closing out, talking about next steps if the candidate is successful, including a drug test, to which the candidate says, well, since you're going to find out anyway, I want to let you know, I was very nervous during the interview. So when we exited the building during the fire drill, I went to the side and smoked a joint to calm me down. <laughs> Power on, Wayne. Yep. Mm -hmm. As you can expect, the candidate was not offered the job. Although the manager said that they would have been successful were it not for this situation. Keep in mind, this was probably around 2003 when marijuana laws and policies were much more conservative. Right. Okay. Another story that came up was of a candidate who had an interesting story to share about their criminal background. At oh, the hold on. I, I, I would just say that today yeah. I would have hired that candidate. Even even here in Minnesota where it's not recreationally available, I still would have hired that candidate. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's it's, it's going to depend a lot on policy and law. And, you, you know, is it, you know, a lot of companies rightfully will have a, you know, no being at work under the influence of, yeah. of <clears throat> drugs, legal or not. And if anytime you get stressed out at work, you go smoke up uh, around the back of the building and come back to work, uh, that would probably violate most companies' policies. And so I wouldn't, yes. I would not fire or not hire that person based on something that happened away from the workplace. But in this case, it was literally at, at the work at building. And I think I probably yes. would have felt like I needed to, at least according to policy, uh, take action because of that. Oh, I understand that. But I think I would have been, this is my take on it. He told me right away when I told him there was going to be a drug test. And so he owned up to it right away. And as long as we came to an agreement that he would never do it at work, because I, as his manager, am trained to know what high looks like, I wouldn't have a problem with it, particularly because he did well in the rest of the interview. So, Yeah, uh, I, I might not go that far with it, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Next uh, bullet point. Next story. Okay. Candidate who had an interesting story to share about their criminal background. At the end of Ooh, the interview, yes. the candidate said the following. Since you're going to find out during the background check anyway. What is it with all these stories? Since you're going to find out anyway seems to be the theme here. I wanted to let you know I have a misdemeanor on my record. What happened was I came home. Well, yeah. What happened was I came home from work one day and found that my husband was cheating on me. After I yelled at him and the other woman, I grabbed a baseball bat. And again, we come back to Kate saying she doesn't like baseball. And this is a very <laughs> good use baseball. of a baseball bat. I, I grabbed a baseball bat and started hitting him with it. Interestingly, okay. this candidate was awarded the position they were interviewing for as a bank teller. I used to conclude the story by mentioning that people shouldn't mess with bank tellers as they may be more fierce <laughs> than you might than they let on. <laughs> um, I agree. They're more fierce. And there's not going to be a baseball bat at a bank, more than likely. More than so, likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so whenever, whenever I get a client with a background check that has some sort of, you know, physical altercation, whether it's an assault or whatever, I, I always tell them, please ask the candidate about what happened here because I want to know because in some situations it was you know I was really young it was a bar fight I know learned my lesson I mean there's some things about those kinds of misdemeanors where you can um, discount them or you know 
ask more questions to the candidate in, in that case. And in this case, I would have hired her. So yeah, a- agreed. I also would want to know how long ago it happened. Yep. You know, yep. and is there anything else that's been more recent? But if it's been five or seven or ten years, uh, unless it's mm-hmm. something serious, something felonious, uh, I'm probably not giving it a lot of attention. Right. And especially if it's, um, I don't expect her to find out that her husband is cheating on her um, by walking in on him at work. Right. So, right. If we, if that is the case, we've got a different problem. Yeah. We have an Amazon problem than we right. do this. So, uh, all right. We'll wrap up with a couple of short anecdotes here. Uh, one asked if there is anything else you'd like to share. One candidate said, and this one's this one's for you, Kate. You're going to like this. Did you know that 37% of people enjoy the smell of their own farts? <laughs> this, was what, this was what the candidate shared upon being asked if there's anything else you'd like to share. As a non sequitur, that sounds really bizarre. I have to wonder if it truly was a non sequitur or was there some other conversation going on during that interview? <laughs> or... What sparked that person to mention it? Were they enjoying the smell of their own fart during the interview? Right. Or Was there a spark happening else? during during the interview? <laughs> right. Um, just so you know, I think you farted, and thirty seven percent of people like the smell. So, are you so, one of those thirty seven percent? I mean, I'll let you uh, off the hook for. No. Um, <laughs> a different candidate said. I want to let you know that I am a citizen of the world. Uh, When asked if there's anything else you'd like to share. Uh, When asked for clarification, the candidate said, as a citizen of the world, I am not bound by the laws of any country or local jurisdiction. I am only bound (laughs) to obey the laws of the world. Well, let me show you the door to the rest of the world that you get to go enjoy. I hope this segment is closed to you now. <laughs> so, so weird. Uh, uh, our our listener wraps up saying, "I hope these provide some fun on the podcast. Have a great day." Uh, <laughs> thank you for that submission. That was awesome. Uh, I have a couple more waiting uh, in the wings for future episodes, but we always <laughs> want and need more, 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 more. Please send us more stories, more news stories, articles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just have questions that you want to talk about, want us to talk about, uh, I can put Kate on the spot and be like, what do you know about, <laughs> I don't know, unemployment or workers comp or something. Uh, that would just, that would, nothing. that would only provide entertainment in the extent to the extent <laughs> that we don't actually do that very much. And we don't know. And then you <sighs> hear us both, uh, kind of be uncomfortable. So just so you know, the lowest grade I got in law school was in work comp because the entire final was math related. And I went, Oh no. Oh, well, so, at least you took the class. I don't. I didn't take that in law school, and I don't do it. And whenever I get a question, I'm like, "Workers' comp exclusivity." That's the only thing I know. <laughs> okay, I think I know. Lawyer jokes, lawyer nerd jokes. <laughs> I think I know vaguely the the scope of employment and what gets you out of the scope of employment. But again, just vague. So if your injury or anything gets you inside the scope then it's work comp related. So that's all I know. Fair. Yeah. Um, and now everybody's asleep. Yep. Exactly. Cause it's work comp. <laughs> Cause it's work comp. <laughs> 
All right. I think that wraps it up. If you, I, I should say, if you have anything uh, of interest, questions, uh, stories, comments, uh, we we want we always want more engagement. We don't get a ton, uh, but please email it to us, hwepodcast at gmail.com. Kate, how can folks reach you? Oh, they can go to k8bisch.com, or that's the same as my Twitter handle, or on LinkedIn, any of those places. But you can find me. And even if you just type in vaccine mandate, you might find my video because that's how many people have watched it. So Awesome. Uh, and for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Salad Pants. You can find me at the Bullard Law website, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, well, those are the places you should find me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yes. I hope you have a lovely turkey day. Sorry. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone that should air at least before that. And uh, either I'm going to say to you in advance now, Kate, uh, good game. Uh, <laughs> your team sucks and we crushed you. Uh, or I'm going to say uh, bad game. Your team sucks, but you still crushed us. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> In your church socks. In my church socks. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>